Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. DeAndre Hopkins will return to the team following his six-game suspension for PEDs. He's the guy in their offense that changes everything about how a defense approaches that scheme. And it's caught! Touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins! He's got unbelievable hands! I know I still got it. I think people are more nervous than me being out there with my opponent. Welcome to NFL Live, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. We go to the desert where week seven begins. The Cardinals trying to snap an eight-game home losing streak against the Saints in just a few hours. And Arizona getting a boost tonight with the return of DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see how that ends up factoring in. Kyler Murray finally gets that security blanket back. Glad you're with us on NFL Live. That guy trying to dance is Dan Orlovsky. Keyshawn Johnson here as well. A lot coming from these guys. They're going to hit the touchscreen in moments. We've also got Marcus Spears and Mina Kimes with us for the hour. Let's begin in Arizona. We start there where Ed Werder is covering tonight's game. Ed, all eyes on the return of D-Hop. What can we expect from his return tonight? Yeah, you know, if Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury is going to concede the play-calling responsibilities to someone on his staff, it won't be tonight. Kingsbury will be making those decisions, and why not? The task should be considerably easier and potentially more successful than at any point during this disappointing season. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray has wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins for the first time this season, and the Saints will play without cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. Hopkins has finished his six-game suspension for violating the NFL policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Look at the difference that Hopkins has made. Since the beginning of last season, the Cardinals have an 8-2 record with him, 3-8 without him. Murray has nearly twice as many touchdown passes, and the Cardinals average 12 additional points per game when Hopkins plays. Hopkins returned to the facility two weeks ago, but has not yet worked in pads, and yet Kingsbury expressed no concern about Hopkins' conditioning level. In fact, when we spoke, he said, I proposed a snap count, but Hopkins immediately rejected the idea. Kingsbury said that Hopkins can't be perceived as a savior of the Cardinals and their malfunctioning offense, but he's an elite playmaker whose presence brings confidence, energy, and hope to an offense and a quarterback who desperately need it. Laura, keep in mind, the Cardinals have taken just 13 offensive snaps when they've had the lead. That's the lowest number in the NFL. The Bears are next with 31. That's how bad it has been here in the desert. And of course, Steve Keim, who trades for more wide receivers than any general manager in football, uh, made another trade for Robbie Anderson this week from Carolina. And I'm told he's gonna have a role tonight. Kingsbury put it at about 10 to 15% of the offensive plays. Interesting to see how he slides in. You gotta think D-Hop has a big role to the points that you're making there, Ed. The other major storyline tonight, the quarterback position for New Orleans. What do we know there? Yeah, I've been told that Andy Dalton will make his fourth consecutive start uh, for the Saints in this game and that Jameis Winston will again be active and serve as a third quarterback. Head coach Dennis Allen mentioned in our conversation that the Saints have scored 30 points while 
Dalton's been the starter, so offense really not the issue. The defensive coordinator promoted to replace Sean Payton. He did say, look, we're not playing good defense, at least not the kind of defense that we expect. And I think the most interesting thing in this game will be how is Taysom Hill used in this game? Because Dennis Allen said he's a weapon. Anytime we can get him on the field, we need to utilize him as much as we can. And when I asked uh, Cliff Kingsbury about it, he said, we're most concerned about him when he's lined up as a quarterback. Mm, interesting. And obviously, we've seen that many times. We'll see how much we see that tonight. Thanks to Ed so much for the latest. Let's get back to Hopkins here, as his return should have a big impact on Arizona's ability to stretch the field. Over the last five seasons, Hopkins ranks top seven in receptions and receiving touchdowns on passes thrown 15-plus yards downfield. And that's with him missing 14 games over that span. That should be a boost for Kyler Murray, who ranks dead last in QBR on passes thrown 15 mm. yards downfield this season. D-Hop, the topic of conversation all week long. Take a listen. He's an extremely talented receiver, um, athletic, great catch radius, really good hands, runs precise routes. He definitely brings a dynamic that uh, any team would want to have. I mean, we have a true number one um, like that, a playmaker that defenses have to be aware of each and every snap. It, it makes a difference. One of the best ever played. So, I mean, that, 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 that speaks for itself. Excited to be able to throw him the ball again. You know what I'm saying? Never took that for granted. I love this game. I just love being around the players. Uh, you know, they've been fighting. They've been fighting and uh, trying to win some games. So, uh, just being around them and seeing, you know, how happy they were to embrace me, it felt mm -hmm. good. Dan and Keith, show us what Hopkins brings to the field tonight. Right now, Kyler Murray averages five yards per pass attempt. Two things that DeAndre Hopkins is going to bring key. The ability to have great feel in the middle of the field, and then also the ability to make those one-on-one -on -one contested catches. Hop's going to come from the right side, and their play action now key. He does a fantastic – right now, his route is called a deep middle stop, where he's supposed to sit right here. Now, as this linebacker – Flows this way. We're going to watch him drift to the left right there into that next window. So, Key, kind of walk us through exactly what DeAndre Hopkins is seeing and looking at when he's getting to the top right now. Well, one of the things that he's understanding, if this linebacker pushes to him, he now has an understanding he needs to move to window number two. If somebody pushes there, he moves to window number three. By the time you get the three, you got to get off of him. But Kyler Murray also understands yeah. the same thing. That linebacker's going to be there. Okay, my guy's going to move over to window two. He pulls the trigger. Completion, yards after catch. Let, let me ask you this. When, when Hop gets to the top here and he's trying to find field, is he looking for that linebacker to push or is he trying to find the quarterback? What do you think? He's looking for either linebacker. Either one of these. If he pushes to him, then he's going to move. He's not worried about Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray knows where he's supposed to be. If this quarterback, if this linebacker decides to turn and run, he's going to do the same thing. He's going to move to the second window. Beautiful job. So the great ability for him to have that feel to kind of get to what Keyshawn's calling that second window is really going to help that passing game in the middle field. Now, this is the vintage one, Key. I want to let everyone to see it at home because we don't appreciate how good this guy is in one-on-one -on -one contested catches. So a couple things. These one-on-one -on -one go routes, what does he do so well at the top here? Well, he doesn't turn his whole body around, right? He never slows down. Typically, you get lost on a back shoulder fade, peaking early and slowing down. He doesn't do that, so therefore the defensive back doesn't even know the ball is in flight until it's too late. Let me ask you, how hard is this right here, Key? I mean, the, the ability, I, I marvel at his body control. You kind of called it, he stays vertical and the hands go up late. But that defenders, I mean, what's the, like, why does he do that so well? Well, because he has strength in his hands. His hands yeah. are probably twice the size of me and yours. 
and both of us would say, oh yeah, and we got big hands, and I got <laughs> paws. Yeah, I got big paws, but his is probably twice the size. Suction cups, what we like to call Does it. Does he do it better than anybody in the league can make that catch right there with a paw on top of it? I think so. Yeah. I, don't, I, I would argue with anybody to say that somebody does that better, maybe other than my nephew. So you see in the zone, he does a great job of having feel in the middle of the field, and then those one-on-one, he's not look, open there. Look how, look at this. Yeah. Glove, look how big these gloves yeah. are. He's going to bring some much-needed explosive aspect to their offense. I mean, the comparison to Kyler Murray's hands uh, is interesting there. By the way, DeAndre Hopkins has just two drops on 220 targets since joining the Cardinals in 2020. He does hold on to that ball. Let's get Mina and Marcus in here for a minute. Mina, how does the addition of Hopkins affect the rest of the offense tonight? I mean, it, it's everything, in particular in Cliff Kingsbury's offense because so much of his scheme is just based on talent. It's my guy beat your guy, as you saw there in the second play, and it's a lot easier to do that when you've got uh, DeAndre Hopkins as your guy, as your ex-receiver. And then the other thing that jumps out to me is his contributions out of structure. So, so far this season, when Kyler Murray holds onto the ball and throws in three seconds or more, he is the worst quarterback in the NFL in terms of QBR. Last year, targeting DeAndre Hopkins in those situations, as you see here, he had a QBR of 99. That is sorely needed. It's DeAndre Hopkins' ability to extend plays, scramble, work back to his quarterback, and make those crazy circus catches. It's just what's so important for that Kyler magic to happen. Yeah, MK, I think it's, it's uh, another thing is how important it is that he dictates coverage. Like, we, we talk about his skill set and his talent, and Dan and Keyshawn just showed the one-on-one ability, and everybody in the NFL understands that. It's just like last night. I'm watching Ja Morant. He gets to the paint. Three-point shooters are wide open. That's the impact that DeAndre Hopkins is going to have, and I think uh, nobody more impacted than Zach Ertz. Dan showed D-Hop work in the middle of the field. That portion of the field opens up. You better not sit a safety over the top of the field, over the middle of the field and D-Hop out there one-on-one. So not only does Kyler Murray now come into play with his legs, it's also D-Hop dictating coverage on the back end. You're compromised defensively because you have to pay extra attention, and that's what the great ones do. Yeah, Marcus, the only tight ends with more receptions than Zach Ertz this season are Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. That shows you what kind of company he's in. Maybe we see even more with the addition of D-Hop. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. The Bucks offense coming off another rough performance. Stick around because Tom Brady was getting into that offensive line, and Dan is going to tell you exactly what's going wrong there in Tampa. And the Chiefs defense had trouble with Josh Allen and the high-powered Bills, but here why Mina thinks there are bigger problems on that side of the ball in Kansas City. NFL Live is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NFL Live presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Week 7 begins tonight with the Cardinals and the Saints. And this is how you see the whole stadium open up. Some really cool camera work sliding right under there. That was cool. I thought we were going to stick with that a little longer. Go. Get out on the field. <laughs> Love it, Keith. All right, let's read and react to some news around the league. Dak Prescott back in practice. All signs point to him being ready for Sunday. He talked to the media this afternoon. Dak, just to be clear, you are starting Sunday. I am. <laughs> I think anyway, so. <laughs> and I'm still going to do some some things to make sure that it doesn't flare up or something unexpected happens. I mean, I'm not just going to act like I don't have a didn't have a broken bone a few a few weeks ago. I might have a little like KT tape, and that's honestly just straight for comfort. I don't think it necessarily does much. It's, it's not necessarily a pr- protection purpose or anything like that. It's just more of a, a comfort feel. He's like, I think I'm starting. <laughs> what should the game plan look like this Sunday if Dak's out there? Lori, it should look like the same game plan they had for Cooper Rush for the four games that they won. Mm. Okay, don't change a thing. Just kind of keep it the same. And if you need to expand at some point in time, you can throughout the game. And I don't know if they will against Detroit, but you have that at Dak Prescott. If you need to make a different type of throw down the field, we know he can do it. If you need to run the football a little bit more with him, we know he can do it. Don't change a thing. Don't do anything different. Don't get happy, Kellen Moore. Please don't. I know it's got to be a little tempting, though. You get Dak back, but I hear you. You're right. All right, next up, Lamar Jackson and this Ravens run game. The Baltimore offense and their offensive line has been clearing the way on designed rushes this season. Check this out with our scatter chart. This shows it better than anything. The further to the right a team is, the higher their run block win rate is. The higher on the chart a team is, the more yards before contact they average. Baltimore in the top right corner because they rank first in both. On Sunday, they'll face a Browns defense that ranks dead last in yards before contact per rush on designed runs this season. So that's an interesting matchup for the Ravens. Marcus, they're 3-3 three and three currently. Is this a winning formula for Baltimore? During the regular season, it is, Boogie. This is nothing out of the ordinary for the Baltimore Ravens. They've been running the ball at a high clip outside of the anomaly season last year when they suffered so many injuries. But it's not a championship formula. This conversation is still going on, and now it's more prevalent because of their fourth quarter and second half collapses of giving up leads. You have to stay aggressive. And we know in order to win championships, at some point you have to be able to open up the offense in the passing game. Because if you won championships just by running the football, the 49ers would have a couple by now. Yeah, you wonder what Deshaun Jackson brings to that offense. But either way, needing a boost there. All right, so Tom Brady and the Bucks have lost three of their last four games. Guys, Brady addressed the poor play at his news conference today and pointed to making a fix in one very specific area. Take a listen. Well, I think, you know, if you improve the run game and then we gain more yards on first down, then you're in a better situation. Yeah, if you hand it off on first down, you don't gain yards. It's difficult because you're in second and long. But if you do gain yards, you're in second and short, and you have a great selection of plays. So, again, I think it's not as much play selection as when you run it, you want to be efficient when you run it. When you throw it, you want to be efficient when you throw it. So I think about it more of 
not necessarily what plays are called, but are we executing the plays that are called? You know, if you want a positive run, did we gain five yards? And if we didn't, why did we not? Every defense has strengths and weaknesses, and you know, we just have to do a better job executing. Ooh, your thoughts, Mina. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is something that I am obsessed with, the, with the Bucks offense. You guys have heard me complain about these first down runs. Here's the thing. It's okay to run on first down if you're good at it, but the Bucks are terrible about it. They are the third worst rushing team on first down in the NFL, an EPA per play, which looks at basically efficiency. When they pass on first down, they're the sixth best. So I hear, Brady, it'd be great if they could run well on first down, but don't bang your head into the wall. You are better at throwing unless you can improve this run game. And frankly, I don't really see them improving some of the limitations they have on that offensive line. Throw the damn ball. Ooh. I like it, MK. I like the juice. This guy's crazy. I I wholeheartedly agree with That was for Key, right, Mina? Are we throwing it over there to Key shot? Exactly. So when they run it on first down and it's poor, it leads to third down, right, obviously. And they are doing an awful job of protecting against your traditional four-man rushes on third down. That was their greatest fear when all their injuries happened. This is last week. It's a four-man rush. This is easy. There's a difference between pressure and blitz. This is not a blitz, and they've got the dagger concept. He knows this well. Clear out in the in route from Godwin at the bottom of the screen. The guard just gets beat in one-on-one. That is a third and eight conversion that might go for 50, but it's not there. Now we get the third and two. Great. Here's your traditional, again, four-man rush. You have to be able to pick this up in the NFL. This is pressure. Now you have a shallow from the left by Godwin. The linebacker is going to leave. Chris is going to sit it down, but Brady's got to rush it because, again, internal pressure, and that ball's got to come out of his hands, and there's that miscommunication. In the last month, playing against or blocking against four-man rush, this is the second-worst offensive line in the NFL. And a lot of times it's happening, which is we all know, for every quarterback, certainly Tom, inside. Their greatest Uh, fear when all the injuries happen in the preseason is starting to show itself. Yeah. And this is where these things come together because you feel like they're running on first down and they're running so much because they're worried about their offensive line. Brady's worried about the offensive line. But, Dan, to your point, they're putting him in third and longs yeah. because they're so bad at running on first down. They're cutting off their noses despite their face. Yeah, and they can't and they can't block a four-man front. So if you're a defense, you're sitting – I don't care how talented you are on the perimeter, right? This is the old days you had to go after them because they were so good on one-on-one. You yeah. couldn't get to them with this offensive line. Now defenses are going – Mike Evans, we're not going to single you up. Mm. You know, like we're, we're going to allow our four-man rush and put seven guys in coverage and beat you that way. Todd Bowles said this week, yeah, we don't have the players that we've had in the past and we're trying to figure something out. Be interesting to see oh how that ends up playing. They still have Tom Brady. All right, coming up next, are the Bengals finally getting back on track? Well, Key believes that since he's heading in the right direction, but Dan isn't buying that it's sustainable. We'll explain when we come back. You're watching NFL Live, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, 
and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Monday Night Football is back with Justin Fields and the Bears heading to Foxborough for a matchup with the Patriots. 8 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and the ESPN app. Peyton and Eli also back on ESPN, too. Coverage begins with Monday Night Countdown at 6. And it's time to check in on the injury report for this week. For that, we turn to Adam Schefter, as always. Adam, what do we know about the status of Mac Jones for that Monday night game? Laura, as Mike Reese reported today, Mac Jones expects to be available for Monday night's game against the Chicago Bears after missing a few games due to that high ankle sprain that was a serious injury. He is feeling better. He has been taking part in practice. He is making a move to play and be available on Monday night. We'll see if Bill Belichick agrees or he prefers the rookie, Bailey Zappi. Meanwhile, Tua Tungabailoa also on track to be able to play on Sunday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been cleared out of concussion protocol. He expects to start against the Steelers. He's been getting all the reps in practice, all the work, and he is ready to get back on the field and in the lineup. And meanwhile, the New York Jets today excused their wide receiver, Elijah Moore, gave him a personal day for essentially missing practice, excused him from it. You remember on Sunday night, he essentially tweeted out that the game plan wasn't his idea at a time when the Jets have won three straight games. Everything is great with the Jets, but Elijah Moore is not getting the football very much. So today, for whatever reason, they gave him a personal day, excused him from practice, not there. We'll see whether he plays on Sunday at Denver. Interesting. Okay, stay right there, Adam. So he's not at the facility, Elijah Moore, today. After making it known, he's unhappy. Pair all that with a game on Sunday where he finished with zero targets. Dan, if you're a GM reading the tea leaves, should somebody be making a call to the Jets today, and who should it be? Oh, uh, I mean, if he's on Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay 100%. I mean, if, if, if there's the chance that Elijah Moore isn't happy in New York and Elijah Moore wants out, then the Green Bay Packers have to that, – that, that has to be your first phone call. And I don't know if I get off the phone. He's that explosive that of a else? player. If, it, if they're willing to deal him. No, I'm just saying, is that is that a duplicate of Amari Rodgers, though? Way faster than Amari Rodgers. But is Rogers. it a duplicate, though? I mean, they're smaller in size, but Elijah has absolute vertical juice. And that's <laughs> something that offense 
candidly needs. Trade deadline Tuesday, November 1st, so we're getting closer to that. Time for On Trend, a weekly segment where I present a current trend for an NFL team, and our star-studded cast tells you what they mean. We start with the 5-1 New York Giants, who have not been winning games because of Daniel Jones' big arm. In fact, this season, only 4.4% of Daniel Jones' passes have traveled 20 yards downfield, the second lowest rate in the league. Yeah. Dan, how concerning should the lack of downfield throws be for Big Blue? Zero, because that's not who they are. They don't have the people to do that right now. They know who they can be and who they can't be, and they're doing things really smartly. Two things that do stand out outside of the protection is Daniel Jones booting to his left. He's got really good feel with it, specifically down the red zone. This touchdown pass to Daniel Bellinger last week's a perfect example. He sits in the soft spot. That's an aggressive throw by Daniel. We can give him that credit. Also, they're designing stuff for Saquon Barkley in the pass game. They clear it out with what we call like a switch concept to move the right side of the field. He free releases, and they tell Daniel if he's open, throw it to him. If he's not, throw it to where the defense came from and replace him with the throw. And Daniel, again, throws the crosser really well. So, uh, no, I don't think the Giants should try to do that. How about this? He's booted 11 times to his left this year. That is the second most in the NFL behind Tua, who is lefty. It's become a big part of their offense. Ooh, interesting. Okay, on to Atlanta, where the Falcons are seeing tons of loaded boxes against their ground game. This season, 44% of Atlanta's rushes have come against loaded boxes, the highest rate in the NFL. Mina, how have the Falcons fared against all these guys in the box? Extremely well. They are third in EPA per play against stacked boxes for a couple of reasons, Laura. One is the run game. It is diverse. It is efficient. Arthur Smith does a great job of taking advantage of both the fact that he has a quarterback who is a threat to run. You see him running all kinds of design runs back there, but also his unique and uh, I would say extremely talented stable of running backs. And beyond that, because offenses are constantly stacking the box against the Falcons, they have one of the best play action games in football. Yes. Marcus Mariota is constantly throwing to wide open guys. I love watching this Atlanta offense, a sentence I did not expect to say before the season. Woo! Go Falcons! Okay, in Cincinnati, it's been all about the quick game for Joe Burrow. And this season, Burrow ranks fourth in the league in QBR on passes thrown under two and a half seconds, throwing seven touchdowns to just one interception. But on passes over two and a half seconds, when he holds on to it, he ranks 29th in QBR, throwing five touchdowns to four picks. That was evident this past Sunday again as Burrow posted a 93 QBR on passes under two and a half seconds through two of his three touchdowns in those situations. Keith, how much of Cincinnati's recent success is on Burrow just getting the ball out quickly? I think Zach Taylor realized in order to help this offensive line that was struggling at the beginning of the season, they had to get back to the quick game, something that they did a lot last year. Get the football out early and often. Don't hold on to it. Don't pat it and put it to sleep. If they Think about the triplets in Boyd and Higgins and Chase. Each one of them had – Chase had seven grabs. The other two had six. Yeah. Chase had two touchdowns, a buck, 32, and some change. It wasn't like they were going bombs away. It was all yak yards after the catch. Yeah, totally. Got to get rid of the football, man. Can't put it to sleep. I also think them getting it out quickly allowed Boyd to become a little bit more part of their offense, which had been lacking, candidly. But I do get concerned, though, with their offense, man. They are in shotgun all the time. And mm – I think last week was a little bit of like Joe and Jamar just being superheroes. And they were so reliant on those guys making big. I mean, Joe made some, this play in the pocket is just off the charts Goodness. now. This is a 20-yard touchdown that Joe makes basically out of nothing. This play is on third down that leads to their game-winning drive. And again, that is LSU versus Georgia three or four years ago. I mean, this two hands on the ball all the time. That's what he does better than anybody in the NFL right now. Key, this is a back shoulder kind of sloppy fade that he throws to Jamar. He turns it into a 60-yard or so. While I do agree with Key that, like, getting the ball out quicker helped their offense and the offense, 
I still am hesitant to sit because if Joe doesn't make those two super, superhuman oh, well, plays, course. you know, I just of course I don't think it's that. It's not perfect. Convincing, you know what I'm saying? No, it's not. It's not perfect. In in much like you pointed out, if he doesn't do that, they, they don't lose. win the football yeah. game. They lose the game. Outside of that, though, getting the football at the sack total has gone down. You're right yeah. with that. Totally. He, he was on his way to the hospital if that would have continued. Ooh, totally. What totally. if they get out of the gun some, though? I, mean, I would I, love – they ran the ball better in their two-by-two, two, same side out of the gun. I just think it helps their offense a little bit more because they're so less, so less predictable and yeah. reliant on those two superstars. Yeah, but being in the gun allows a quarterback to see, see everything. True. I don't mind you know, – If you get him. underneath the center too much – and that offensive line, they'll get pushed into And it. Joe's superpower is seeing the field. Yeah, I, you got to be able to see it. But they're in it all A the time. lot. Okay, yeah. let's get back to tonight, guys. Week 7 begins as the Cardinals and Saints face off in the desert from Arizona. Man, it's pretty there. Uh, Ed Werder told us about 90 degrees outside. What? They had the roof closed earlier, but they're going to keep it oh, open man. for the it's game. Nice. Let's get a fan duel, same game parlay from Dan Orlovsky. Dan, let's go through it. Andy Dalton back at quarterback tonight for the Saints. Have to imagine that means more touches for Alvin Kamara. Over under 70 yards on the ground for the Saints running back. I'm going over. You said Dalton playing there. They don't have their two other star receivers, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, over the past two games. He's over 100 yard each game on the ground. I'll say over. DeAndre Hopkins makes his season debut tonight. Does he get 70 yards in the air? If he doesn't, I'm going to lose my mind because <laughs> God bless you need him to play. I say over. Okay, does Hopkins find the end zone? No, I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under. I, I think he the doesn't red, score a touchdown? He does not score a touchdown. Ow. The red zone defense for the, the Saints steps up, but he has a, a tremendous impact. Okay, you've heard our picks. Now you can use those or make your Give own some money. to build a same-game parlay with FanDuel Sportsbook, Give America's money, number kid. one sportsbook. Coming up next on the show, it's Dan's favorite part of the week. Get the Dan wagon going, and the horses are a-boogieing and galloping, and they're ready to go. Let's find out who joins the Dan wagon. Who, the, Actually, the Dan wagon guy had the game winner last Last week, no big deal. Whoa, no big deal. sorry about it. Look at all those guys on the Dan Ooh, Wagon. What's my love clue? It. What's my clue? Yeah. He what lives in the cold. Clue? He lives in the cold? Yep. Quinn okay. Williams. Ooh. I never, that's a good guess. So. If you want to manage your personnel like a pro, Check out the AI-powered player insights with Watson in the ESPN Fantasy app. With boom and bust projections, performance trends, and player comparison. Player insights with Watson, only in the ESPN Fantasy app. Okay, Dan. Who's on the Dan Okay, Laura. I don't know. Dan Wagon be killing it lately, though, but... I'm shocked Shout that out. I said this, given the kind of narrative that I had about this offense about two months ago. But that being said, I've talked about him a little bit this past week. I'm saying that he has become one of the best route runners in the NFL. I'm going to New England. And I'm adding Jacoby Myers onto the Dan Wagon. This dude is wearing people out right now. Right now in the NFL, he is 10th when it comes to yards per game, 80 yards per game. That's ahead of a guy named Jamar Chase. He leads the NFL in reception percentage. He catches the ball 80% of the time. It's actually thrown him 25% of his catches go for over 20 yards. So he's not just one of these dink and dunk cats. He leads the Patriots in receptions at 24, receiving yards at 321. And he's also missed two games. I really think that he has become an important part of their offense. He's very difficult to cover. Every route of his has like the same tempo, the same wiggle, the same stem. 
He's become a very, very, very good receiver. I'm telling you, he's one of the best route runners in the NFL. He's also one of the reasons why the Patriots have become a little bit scary as a football team. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. So going to break, key Not guess Quinn and Williams. I'm, I'm told that Marcus Spears guessed this. He, he said it was going to be Jacoby Myers. No, no, they don't lie to me, okay? Swaggo, you thought you, you had it right, right? Absolutely. When he said New England, who in the hell else you going to highlight other than the offensive line? You probably want me to highlight some dumb defensive lines. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. They're not dumb. No. They're, they're way smarter than you. I don't you. mean yeah, that. Yeah. All right, let's that. talk you, Chiefs 49ers. You won one this week. I am. Yeah, yeah it really is. I Dan, am, you're I lucky that we still want to be your friend after this week. Let's talk Chiefs 49ers. One of the most interesting games on the slate this week. Can the 49ers offense get back on track? Well, Kansas City allowed 24.8 points per game, easily bottom third of the league at that. So maybe a decent matchup there for the 49ers. A big reason that the Chiefs rank near the bottom of the league in points allowed is because they've struggled to stop opposing offenses through the air. Kansas City's defense has allowed a league-high 15 touchdown passes this season. That's three more than any other team in the NFL. Mina, why the defensive struggles in Kansas City right now? Well, Laura, the Chiefs struggle for a few reasons, one of which is that um, they're very young in their secondary and they have to get blitz, pardon me, to get pressure, which is, of course, signature of a Steve Spagnuolo defense. When they do blitz, they have the second-highest pressure rate in the NFL, but when they don't blitz, that drops to 18. They simply aren't getting home with the four-man rush. The problem is, of course, when they blitz, that leaves that secondary even more exposed. It was sort of a chicken-and-egg thing. I am hoping, for their sake, that their rookie cornerback, Trent McDuffie, comes back soon. Looks like he might play either this week or next. He looked good in the beginning of the season. But they need him, and that's not a position you want to be as a defense, needing a rookie cornerback to come back and produce at a high level immediately. I think when you look at this football game, for instance, Spags is going to do what Spags is going to do, right, yeah. guys? He's going to blitz. He's going to play man in the back coverage back there because they're not facing the Buffalo Bills. They're not facing a team that have wide receivers that can get down, no question about it. Look, Debo Samuels, Swiss Army knife. But when you get Jennings and you looking at Ayuk, those aren't like household A1 wide receivers. So you can take chances in that situation and try and slow things down because, quite frankly, the 49ers is not a passing team. They're in a good position. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
man, because this is about to be one of the uh, smartest, dumbest analyzations of the San Francisco 49ers ever. Okay, their splits last week against the Falcons, y'all. Jimmy Garoppolo threw 41 passes. When the last time we heard of Jimmy Garoppolo throwing 41 passes in a Kyle Shanahan uh, system and then they ran the ball, I believe, 16 times, three of them was Jimmy Garoppolo. San Francisco, I know that you want to take advantage of how bad the Kansas City Chiefs are, but San Fran can't lose their identity. They have to earn their way as far as those guys you just mentioned, Keyshawn, at getting them open. Debo Samuel needs to line up in the backfield at times, even though he may not want to. These reverses, this dynamic offense that we talk about from a play calling standpoint has to show his head. And y'all, I was a little bit concerned in the Falcons game and watching that tape, because I'm almost like, it's Kyle Shanahan like, man, I gotta do this all over again. Like, I had Trey Lance, I had plans for things to be different, and now I got to go back to manufacturing yardage and offense by the way I designed plays. They got to get back to that. Listen, the 49ers are not going to live with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing 41 passes. Two of those were interceptions, even though some of his receivers let him down. They got to get back on that ground. Yeah, it's interesting because as you say that, it makes me think that you're kind of saying that Trey Lance would be a better option than Jimmy G, which I think a lot of us felt like when the unfortunate injury happened to Lance, at least Jimmy G comes in, you kind of know what he is. To the point about Debo Samuel, this season Debo averaging 3.6 yards per rush after contact, that's the third best mark in the league. See if he's coming out of the backfield a little Mm -hmm. bit more. Next on NFL Live, D-Hop is back. But will his return be enough to turn around the Cardinals' offense? Hear why Key thinks there will not be an immediate change. What to look for tonight? NFL Live is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sunday NFL Countdown Crew has you covered for this week, 10 a.m. Eastern. And the Monday Countdown Crew gets you set for, of course, the game in Foxborough as the Bears and Patriots face off, both on ESPN and the app. Week 7 gets going tonight as the Saints head to Arizona for a matchup with the Cardinals. And right now, the biggest question is who will be under center for New Orleans? For more on that, we bring in Adam Schefter. Adam, what do we know about Jameis Winston's availability tonight? Laura, Ed Berger has reported that Andy Dalton will start tonight. And that's notable because Jameis Winston was given no injury designation for tonight's game. Now, he hasn't gone through a full week of practice, 
but the fact that Andy Dalton has passed him up on the depth chart is notable. If Dalton continues to play well, you wonder if that means that Jameis now will become the number two in New Orleans, as he will be tonight. To Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle makes a start against the Arizona Cardinals. Meanwhile, the Saints will be limited at wide receiver. There will be no Michael Thomas. There will be no Jarvis Landry. But Chris Olave, the rookie first-round draft pick, will be out there. He's been cleared from concussion protocol while they're missing the other veteran targets for veteran quarterback Andy Dalton. So Olave will have to carry his fair share of the load, as will, of course, Alvin Kamara. And the Saints also will be without their Pro Bowl cornerback, Marshawn Lattimore, already ruled out of tonight's game due to that abdomen injury, didn't practice during the week, and that will leave them shorthanded on a night where Arizona has DeAndre Hopkins returning from a six-game suspension, where Rondell Moore has begun making some plays. And a short time ago, I should also add, Laura, that the Cardinals placed Marquise Hollywood-Brown on injury reserve. He's out a minimum of four weeks at least, and they also activated Rodrigo Blankenship to the active roster, meaning he will be the kicker tonight for Arizona. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's kind of unique here with these two teams, Adam, where they've both dealt with lots of injuries and inconsistency this season. Now they battle it out in a crucial one. This season, Kyler Murray has struggled significantly against man coverage, ranking 30th in QBR completion percentage and second to last in yards per attempt against man. The only quarterback to average fewer yards per attempt versus man coverage this season is Joe Flacco. Tonight, Murray will face a Saints defense that uses man at the second highest rate in the league this season. Of course, they don't have Marshawn Lattimore. But Dan, all that said, the Saints defense has certainly not been as good as most thought yeah. they would be heading into this season. Why is that? It starts inside. It starts with they, I truly believe, miss C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I mean, this guy was like one of the elite slots for them for a couple years. And he was really hard to play against. This is two-man up top. He knows this. You do not get beat across the middle of the field in two-man. Well, that happened. I think there's also a little bit of lack of speed on their defense right now. This is third and goal from the nine. You know, he catches that ball at the six-yard line. Basically, he goes untouched. That's not what we've seen the Saints' defense of the past be like. And then their defensive line used to hold down the run game in light boxes. That's why they were able to play so much of that two-high shell, that two-man coverage. And they're just not doing it this year. So, I honestly believe they missed that dog in the slot that changed everything for their coverage and was so reliable. They had, they're not as fast to the football as they've been in the past and fly around. And, um, you know, their defensive line, both in the run game and the pass game, is just not certainly what I expected it to be. Yeah, and it's not just the absence of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I think. I mean, look, in the ongoing case of Mina Kimes versus the cap is fake, I present to you the 2022 <laughs> New Orleans Saints because what you're seeing is the attrition of talent and how it affects the defense. I mean, they still have really good players at every level. But when you look across the league and you see the exodus of guys like Sheldon Rankins, who's tearing it up for the New York Jets. Jets Trey yeah. Hendrickson a few years ago, of course, who I always talk about in Cincinnati. Gardner Johnson. I mean, the list goes on. Marcus Williams in Baltimore. And suddenly every the margin of error for this defense gets smaller and smaller yeah. and you're more reliant on individual stars to produce and when you take one of those stars out in this case Marshawn Lattimore it kind of all comes crumbling down because of the lack of depth Mark cap no cap Marcus you there <laughs> that was for Marcus look at me oh of course Keith says the cap's fake the ball, the ball is in your court 
The ball is in your court right now, hey, Mina Kimes. Let, but my example will come at Slagu, some point. Slagu, let's pull <laughs> out. Let's pull out that judge costume again. Where's that thing? When you wore that curtain on, oh, wow. on you, NFL man, Live. I need my gavel. Yeah. Let's get Judge Swagoo back up in here. <laughs> All right. So the other big story tonight is that DeAndre Hopkins will play, and we we finally see him return. You see him out there at practice. Of course, we're hearing that there was talk of a pitch count a little bit tonight, but then DeAndre Hopkins said no thanks. And Ed Werder Marcus reported earlier in the show that Cliff Kingsbury says we shouldn't expect Hopkins to be the savior tonight. Do they need him to be? Yeah, they do. They need him to be the savior. I, I learned something this week, too, from, from Dan and RC talking about, and, and even me and I think mentioned that about how this offense is really predicated on playmakers and it's not really going to change much schematically. It, hey, do I have that right, y'all? Is yeah. that what – I think y'all alluded to that yes. uh, this, this, this week. But you have to. Like, you got – like, I know getting DeAndre Hopkins is back is going to be enticing, and you're going to want to throw him the ball, and you want you want to stretch him and, and use him to dictate, which I believe absolutely he will help from an offensive standpoint. But still, y'all, I think back to what y'all say, and, and, and two, like, Cliff Kingsbury has struggled before with DeAndre Hopkins. What about stacking these guys up? The things that I listen to you all talk about – uh, your offensive mind, stacking guys up, giving motion across the line of scrimmage and not just so dependent on these guys, helping them be even better than what they are. I hope some of that starts to infiltrate as opposed to we got DeAndre Hopkins back, so let's just roll ourselves out there and see how he can help us. Well, that's the problem, though, Swagoo. You can't just roll him out there and think he's going to help you. It's all starting on the sideline for me. It starts with Cliff Kingsbury. You know, and, and everybody poked fun at me and my guys, Dan and you, Swagoo, went early on when I said that the air raid offense really has no place in the National Football League. Four years later, we're still having the same conversation about Cliff Kingsbury coaching and being the coach of the National Football yeah, League. He's sitting at 26, 28, and 1 in four years, and it's the hot seat is starting to cook for him in Arizona despite having an extension. You can't just depend on one guy in Kyler Murray to do it all for you. Come up with some creativity. Do some things other than what you've been doing. All right, Arizona currently enters tonight as two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Let's get some game picks in. Keith's got his plaid on. Swagoo's up there. Is that – is he holding a – I have no neck. Uh, neither does Dan. Dan ain't that Mina, big. Mina, you look cute. Oh, my God, Mina. Mina okay. hands, Mina arms look like Dan arms. I know. I'm, I'm taking the Saints, y'all. I'm taking the Saints. I'm taking the Saints in this game. I think they're going to lean on Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. And obviously, like, I think Taysom Hill is going to have a huge off, uh, offensive impact in this game. I got the Saints. Uh, I, I got Arizona, and it really is simple <laughs> for me as DeAndre Hopkins being back and Marshawn Lattimore being out. If Lattimore yeah. was in, I might pick differently, but he's not. Yeah, I'm taking – Do it, Mina. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'm taking the Saints. <laughs> Arizona's lost eight straight home games in the big toaster, so make it nine tonight. I mean, Herbie's going to love Keyshawn with those 32 to 30. Uh, probably getting some points on Thursday. I'm going to go to Saints. I think Taysom Hill has another big evening for this football team. All right. This, so the boys are on the Saints. The girls are on the Cardinals. Woo! Ew, <laughs> I like it. Better <laughs> <laughs> I have to 
deodorant on. All right, anyway, I, I really do think that it goes down to, to DeAndre Hopkins being back and being just uh, enough better than a Saints team that is struggling. Damn, she All right, in there, time now for one more thing. ESPN Steelers Pryor tweeted this today. Steelers defensive coordinator Terrell Austin was asked what can oh, the Steelers do to get ready for Tyree Kill? His answer, we could put our guys in a car on a motorcycle. I don't know if you get ready for that speed, and it's not just him. You got Waddle across from him. I mean, these guys can really run. Can you imagine that? They, they just put everybody out there, like, on a motorcycle. Hey, see, no one want to hear them no excuses, man. No one want to hear them excuses. Is Tyreek Hill really that fast? You got to get on a motorcycle? <laughs> gassing him up. Y'all tripping the day. Was Mina just on the moped? Making a gas for a... Dan, you're totally besmirging my name for no reason. I smell great. We'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live from LSU.